Wow. Come on, you little hand. Isn't that amazing? 50 people come in the kingdom of God. Also, um, you didn't know, we had a youth service on Wednesday night. Uh, they said uh, three nights. The first night, 50 people gave their life to Christ. But on the third night, they asked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, something we're going to talk about today. And all the youth came forward for that. They want to be empowered to be witnesses for the kingdom of God. So how many know that the next generation is always faster than the last? And we are glad to hear that we're multi-generational. And um, we know they have a calling on their lives, and our job is to pull it out and send them on their way to do great things for God. And how many have been, ever been touched by a youth camp? It changed your life. And uh, that moment you didn't want to go, and all of a sudden you went. So um, it's a great thing. Guys don't know who I am. I'm Pastor Rich, senior pastor here. And you guys here at a good time. Uh, we're going to start a new series for the summer. It's out of the book of Acts. How many love the book of Acts? How many are scared of the book of Acts? It's the most misunderstood book there is. Because we get the first chapter one and two, and we say, I don't want to read this anymore. Um, and we're going to unpack that um, because we need to. Um, the book of Acts, if you know, it's not a theological book. It's not a doctrinal book, which gets people in trouble when they think it's theological or they think it's doctrinal. It's actually a historical book written over a 27-year period about when the church's birth and the advancing of the church. And that book is still open and being written today. Because if it wasn't the book of Acts, we wouldn't be here today. So we're going to take some time to unpack that. And, and today we're going to do chapters 1 and 2. If you have your Bible, please, you're going to need it. Um, the scriptures will be on your screen. I'll be using the ESV version this morning. Um, but I'm going to talk about really how Jesus set this up about um, the word fire. Holy Spirit and fire. And I call this whole series, the whole summer, Ignite. And here's the takeaway from this. Jesus did not just come to establish the church. He came to ignite it. He didn't just come to establish it. He came to ignite it. Because God believes this. When he gives us a job to do, he gives us the equipment to do it. And when we look at the first two chapters of Acts, it unpacks the whole book because the first two chapters is really a theme of what the book is all about. And those areas where we get nervous about things we don't understand, especially when we talk about the Holy Spirit, he really gets, um, he's the most misunderstood person in the Bible. He's the third person in the Trinity, but he's, uh, he's the most misunderstood because we can read objective truth and we can put it in a subjective mode and we can uh, really defame his name. So what we're going to do this week, I mean, this next few weeks, is really look at the Bible and the book of Acts objectively and what God had intended from the very beginning about his church, not just to be established, which we know, but to be ignited. So I want to go ahead. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is Jesus coming on the scene. John the Baptist is talking about him. He said a key statement here, which will go through the whole book. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, if you know about John, he was Jesus' cousin. John was preparing them by baptizing in repentance. He's talking about Jesus coming after him. And Jesus is going to baptize us, the repentant. 
as we look at it, is a post-salvation effect on our lives. But it says the word fire. And one of the major symbols and signs when you read in the New Testament is the word fire. Because it has two, has two things for it. One, it's the cleansing agent. Two, it's a sign of judgment. So when you talk about the Holy Spirit and fire, this is what John is saying that Jesus is he's prophesying what Jesus is going to do on the earth for his people. Again, and really when we get into the book of Acts, guys, I want you, because we look at this book and we can say, oh, I want to be just like Peter. And really, it's really, if you look at it, the theme of the book is this. Is the Acts, it's the, the I'm sorry, it's the Holy Spirit, it's the Acts. Wow, oh, I got my wrong notes here. Let me slow down. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. So whenever you hear this doesn't qualify for today, is the Holy Spirit real today? So it's the acts of the Holy Spirit working through Grace Point Church. Any way he desires, he just needs a willing vessel. Okay. When you look at the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is mentioned over 50 times. The word witness is mentioned over 39 times. Some main themes because it's a purpose why we're empowered. It's a purpose why we're empowered. And when we look at it, as we unpack it, it's three things. God talked about the Holy Spirit as a promise that we receive from him. Second thing is, as we receive the promise and we believe in the promise, it comes with power. And one thing when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you have a new passion. Those are the three things I want to talk about this morning briefly. The power, excuse me, The promise, thank you, honey, and the passion. The power, the promise, and the passion. But really, the first one is the promise. Now, if you know any of your Bible, the Luke, the physician, wrote the book of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. And they always call it Acts is the second part of Luke. Because if we go to Luke chapter 24, verse 49, there's a, there's a thing here that Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then you go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. Let's go there. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to what? Of the Father, which he said he heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Again, you look at, that's Matthew 3.11. So when he had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know 
the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Reason why I open this up to you, because, again, he's talking about waiting for the power on high. Now, the disciples walked with Jesus for three years, and they witnessed his um, death, and they witnessed his resurrection. In about 40 days, they spent time with him. But they thought this, that, oh, Jesus, you're alive now, and we're going to have you go up to Jerusalem, and you're going to take over the government, and we're going to be free. You'll be the new political party, and you'll make changes. And then Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's not about political power, guys. It's about spiritual power inside of you. You're going to become the agent of change. And it reminds me of us. We're standing around waiting for our government to change stuff. And God's saying, you are the change agents. Think about it. So he put it back on them. And you'll be my witness. John Stott says this, the kingdom of God is his rule set up in the lives of his people by the Holy Spirit. It's what the kingdom of God is. He sets up his rule in us, in our lives by the Holy Spirit to bring change. When you talk about the word receive power, it says this. It's really the word power means dunamis, which we get the word dynamite. But it means strength, a might. And a ability to carry out what God called you to carry out. How I many are so happy that, as even as Elder Mark talked about, that they give you something to, God will equip you to do the work you need to do. It'll be a bad joke. He says, go ahead and change the world on your own personality. <laughs> like, who, are, who am I? You know, he gives us equipment. And that's what it's about, getting the equipment. But also, he had this little place in there. The promise comes with a mandate. To be witnesses is not a voluntary thing. As much as we say, well, I'm not, that's not my personality. Well, it's not about your personality. It's about the Holy Spirit in you. Next, I use that line all the time. I'm not that way. He says, that doesn't matter. Whatever way you are, I'm going to implant something in you that will change you to change other people. John Stott also said this, salvation is given to be shared. Given to be what we receive, freely we give, we share it. And we're going to talk about how that's because when you look at this, really, the fulfillment of this promise translated into power. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. This is the one that scares everybody. Scared me when I first read it years ago. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there was from heaven a sound like a rushing, mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. When you see the word rested like that, it means it's permanent. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there was they are dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, save this, from every nation under heaven. Here's the thing about God. Whenever you read about something in the New Testament, 
He's fulfilling something in the Old Testament or as an extension to the Old Testament. Because here's a festival. They call this the Festival of Weeks. It's a harvest festival that Jews have every year. Okay? And everyone comes from all outside of town. And they celebrate for days on end. The harvest. And this one in the Greek means Pentecost, but talking about the festival of weeks. They were talking about the wheat festival. They were celebrating how God planted all the wheat and, and, and now we're able to, be, to have enough food for the next few years. And they're celebrating. And then Jesus told them, wait for the power to come. Jesus was with them 40 days. This was exactly 50 days. The Pentecost also means this. They were celebrating Israel, Israel's exodus from Egypt. It was after 50 days after the exodus that they received the law on tablets, the Ten Commandments. Remember, you read the story or you watched, you watched the movie. Moses came down with them and they got, he, had to throw, he, blew, he broke the first part because they, they were crazy. You know, and he had to go back up again up the mountain for 50 days after they were released. And they received the law that was written on tablets. Well, here we got Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus' ascension. And we receive a new law that is written on our hearts. Jerry has a purpose. He wanted to show them because the population of Jews understood exactly what that meant in the the history books. He said, here's a new history. Here's a new feeling. Here's a new law that I'm going to write in your hearts and put on your lips. And you don't have to work about leaving home without it. It'll be with you permanent. See? It's a whole different way when we look at that. And then you look at how they spoke in other tongues. Because the word tongues is so misinterpreted. Scares people. It does. And I've been in environments. We're scary. But this was a sign. You had to be there. If you spoke different languages, you're speaking something you don't understand. But if I'm from um, Belgium, what's coming out of your mouth, I start to understand it. Now, you don't know what you're talking about because the Spirit's moving on you. But you know... I'm receiving everything you said. And you look down later on in the scripture, it says, they're glorifying God. And if some of them rejected it, said, this guy's been drunk. They had some sweet wine. And others believed it. God was shown, used tongues, different types of tongues, to give a sign to the people. And when sometimes when we read it, Someone talks about it, and sometimes we don't, we don't explain it right or the history of it. We kind of make it weird. Because in the New Testament, as you're speaking in tongues, we, and then we're going to unpack the book of Acts about that. Speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, sometimes there's an interpreter in the room with you who can interpret. They have a gift of interpretation. But most of you are using the prayer language. It's not scary. Why would God give us something that's just going to scare us? And then we say, well, the manifestation. Will I speak in tongues if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit real fast? I mean, right away? Yes. Will I, be, will I speak in tongues four months from now? Yes. Well, which is it? 
Yes. According to your faith. I don't try to explain the Holy Spirit, and I don't try to explain your faith. And I don't mean you're not saved or you don't have all it takes because you don't speak in tongues. See how we put it? And all God said, if you all would just get this point, that was about evangelism. It was a, a sign to point, to point, me to, um, point them to Jesus and empower them. And who did it empower? <laughs> Remember Peter? How many? Peter, the one... When Jesus died, denied him three times. In fact, the Bible says he cursed on the second, third time. I don't, even, I don't even, and you know. And guess who became the best preacher in the world? And Jesus, and then Peter went from really, really caring about himself, start caring about other people. Because one thing about the difference with those who got the fullness of God, you have, a, you have a burning passion that you know you receive something for you to help others. Amen. There's something, you can't explain it. You go from all about me and my issues to you've been empowered by God to someone else. When I was in this church, been here, we've been here, gosh, we've been in the city 18 years. And we went up on a retreat, and I received properly the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's kind of different because that Monday, I went to work. I was still in the military. And I've been, I was witnessing some guys, talking to them about Jesus and showing our lives. They came up to me that Monday afternoon. They said, you know, Rich, Sergeant Brown, there's something different about you. What is that? Well, that was on a Monday. I led one guy to Jesus. Tuesday, I need to have what you have. I'm like, what do I have? I still have the same cologne I wore yesterday. I mean, really? (laughs) Because when he says it comes upon you, see, whatever you wear, you'll give out. It's contagious. And my thing was, get him to Jesus. And my, my... Commander gave me a corner office as the RA. Big office. He said, I want you to take these young guys and disciple them so they'll become great airmen in the military. I don't care what you talk about. Just make sure they don't have to call me 4 o'clock in the morning in trouble. (laughs) So that's what I did. I discipled them. That was my first life group after the baptism. Now, I can't say it was my great personality because it wasn't working prior to that. It was the power that came upon me, not to brag, but they realized something different. I was wearing something different that was attractional. That's what the church was about back then. It wasn't about me demonstrating my power with one another. We've seen that. How many times can you fall out? I don't know. And then you get pushing people. Well, you don't pushing me. And you got to rock four times. Now, I'm not doing that either. I'm sorry. I'm Lutheran. This happened in Lutheran. <laughs> Third thing was, I had a passion. And it wasn't there prior to. My passion was, before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was um, just about me and a nice, comfortable life. 
then this thing started coming upon me that other people need love, not the power. They need help. And this was the church being birthed. And look at the guy. It had nothing to do with your degrees. Look at the guy who gave this next speech we're going to look at in Acts chapter 2. So in verse 36, remember Peter? Remember Peter? <laughs> you wouldn't have picked Peter and put him on your leadership team. You know, you're the only guy I know that gets rebuked by the, the Trinity. Jesus, you know, the Father rebuked him. Jesus rebuked him. <laughs> the Holy Spirit rebuked him. I mean, how many times can you get rebuked, Peter? Even now, Paul rebuked him. In the, in the New Testament, I'm like, Peter, but he was God's best. Y'all saying, oh, it's about that, isn't it? No, that's right. God does not want to take the qualify. He wants to qualify those he takes. I can't say that again. I don't know where that came from. Let all the house, look at this, verse 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you, what, crucified. Now, when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. Now, it had nothing to do with Peter's speech. It says in John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit will convict people of sin. He will do that. On your worst day, you think, I'm not doing well. He will be the one doing the work. And he said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They're asking a question. They came to a point. What shall we do? Go ahead. And Peter said to him, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise that turned into power, that turned into a passion for people, is for you and for your children and for all who are what? Say, I'm afar off. We weren't around then. They were thinking about this. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added about that day, about 3,000 souls. I wrote this bullet down. The Holy Spirit develops, develops witnesses and empowers witnesses. See, I'm, when I put it with purpose, not so weird. Because again, why would God give us a job to do and not give us equipment to do it? And we, we kind of make it weird. But I want you to stick around this whole series because we're going to unpack this thing theologically. Maybe it's a historical. Don't, and we're not going to try to duplicate it. We're just going to examine the principles of it. Because a lot of us are living under the bondage because you don't know about living on top with the Holy Spirit. And see, Paul, Peter, remember Peter, what he did, his sermon, he gave a sermon, he used Joel, he used Psalm 16. Peter, of all people, what was his message about? Well, he focused on Jesus and his resurrection. He told his story and then he told, and what we do, we tell his story, and then we say how his story impacts our story. That's what a witness does. Let me give you an example of a witness. I may have been in a courtroom just to observe on jury duty. Don't tell me all your sins. 
And you get up there, if you had to testify, how many had to testify before? You get up and you raise your right hand. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Don't act like I know this well. I've never been arrested. <laughs> and it says, what's the end of, what's the end say? So what am I doing witnessing? <laughs> I swear to tell the truth, all that Jesus did for me. The whole truth, not a lie. So help me who? Guess who's helping me? The Holy Spirit, which is God, it's the Trinity. We're not going to go there because it'll take seven months to explain that to you. (laughs) See that? This is the beginning of the church. And some people say it's not really the church. And it wasn't in a building. It was people. Because God gave a promise. was translated into power and gave us a passion for people. And when you look at it, you're saying, I looked at this thing so complicated. I know, because we have complicated this so much. I was complicated. I thought this, I'll never do this. Because this is crazy. Because I didn't understand it. And the people who taught me didn't teach me right. So I got in the Bible and said, what was Pentecost all about? It's God showing the Jews and the Jews from every nation. So I'm called, we'll call every nation. Knew they'll be at that specific time. And they knew what they would receive at the festival. They're going to spread out to all the regions. But when the church starts to explain, because they're going to go from your Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the world. And then when you look at that, that's the key verse in the whole book of Acts. We're the ends of the world of the earth right now. And we're still taking it out. So the book is, is still open-ended. Because people, it got so messed up. People, it don't exist anymore. It's just, that stuff has faded away. Why would God give you something? Psych? Only have a 50 year, we only have a 50-year service life on it. Why would he do that? And when we sing about he's everlasting, his love, his grace is forever. And he's going to say, oh, that's not that part. And y'all read books about why people don't believe. And I understand one thing, they got hurt. It was misunderstood. So whatever's misunderstood, you'll criticize it, you'll destroy it, and I won't even go there with it. Who hasn't been there? Until I read it for myself, objectively, and not get caught up in my subjective nature on how it should be. This group does it this way, and they do it that way. If it doesn't result in evangelism, Run. Now, healing, he shows up when things need to be showed out. And mostly he shows up to unbelievers. But it's not weird. It's not part of. It's the whole fullness of God. Why don't we all stand? Can I have some of my leaders come up? Remember the promise and the power. Remember I told you, one of the writers wrote, the power is so amazing because on our side of it, the presence of God's around us, and it brings great joy in my worship. It gives me great peace because he's here with me. And when he says it's upon you, 
It's permanent. How many love the fireworks show? I've seen places. People think they got something, and they're like, you bump, boom, and it goes up, pow, it blows up, and there it is. It never happened again. Everyone's looking for revival. Revival happens in our soul when we know the word of God, and it starts to explode in our soul out to other people. Not something that blows up like this. And that's how we've been, that stuff been taught. We go crazy and it scatters and kills people. And really, it's equipment for living. <laughs> and you want to, if you want to, I need to know what it is. Don't ask that question. Because he'll embarrass you. For, no, I'm just kidding. But really, don't ask that question. We're going to close. And this is how I'll do it. These partners, we have some partners up here who pray for you. If you have any issues that need prayer, they love you. Some of our life group leaders, some of them work in the church, serving the church in our ministries. And the question comes up, because we have the whole series, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Ask them in the private. You don't have to come. I'm not going to make a big show. Everyone come up. No, you go ask them. They got the answer. If they don't have the answer, someone stand next to them to give you the answer. This is how we, we do that, because we want you to have all that God has for you. And don't be afraid of what God has for you unless it's really, truly explained to you. And I pray that the revelation of the Holy Spirit brings it upon you. And whenever you're ready to know what that is, we know here we'll give you the most intelligent, holy, uh, intelligent answer, the best we know how, out of the Bible. Because that is like Elder Mark said, that's our manual. If it doesn't go out of word, I get rid of it. And I, in Deuteronomy 29, 29, says this, the secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to man. So I'm just going to hang with the revealed stuff and let him take care of the secret stuff. And if he wants to let me know, that's fine. Otherwise, I have enough work now. And he's saying he wants our churches to change our community. We don't have to look up and wait for the next president or the next mayor. The change, he, God says, you don't have to look up, look in. You are the agent of change. In any job you have, your personality empowered by the Holy Spirit, any gift you have, he will increase that to reach people. Some is preaching, some are serving, some is all over. That's the way he does it. And we can't even take ownership of it. So let's pray as we close. Again, if you're a guest this morning, I want to say thank you for coming out. We have a gift for you out there. Out there. Also, we're going to have to kick off our, um, our supper clubs next week. So some of y'all who signed up to be members, we're going to be giving you a call. So don't say no because you're going to miss next week's message about fellowshipping. All right? So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you today, God. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Again, Father, you are the comforter. You are the healer. You are the wisdom. I pray for those who have questions that you will bring answers. And we praise you this morning. Bless everyone here. I just feel this, the tender spirits in here this morning. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for your son. Thank you for this amazing life. We ask that you just bless everyone here in the coming and going. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Guys, if you need prayer to come up, and give you a head start next week, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, how we get in and hang out together, okay? If you need prayer, come on up. Otherwise, if you want to stop at our welcome desk, you are dismissed.